the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. But as you read on prayer, and as you study about prayer, don't forget to pray. The greatest way to understand prayer is to study your Bible and pray. Many people talk about prayer. Many people think it's wonderful to pray. They just don't pray very often. But remember, God wants to hear you. God wants to hear you pray. God wants to hear you open up your heart to Him. There's an old story about a small town that had historically been dry until one day a man opened up a tavern. The Christians were quite concerned and held several prayer meetings asking the Lord to do something about that bar down the street. One night as they prayed, lightning struck the new tavern and it burned to the ground. The tavern owner sued the church, claiming that their prayers were responsible for his loss. The church hired a lawyer who argued that the church was not responsible. The judge noted that no matter how the trial turned out, it was clear that the tavern owner believed in the power of prayer, and the church members did not. We welcome you to Verse by Verse. I'm glad you could join us as Pastor Steve Kreloff continues a series of lessons on the essentials for Christian growth. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily classes are an extension of his preaching ministry. It is my opinion that next to God's amazing grace in saving us in the first place, prayer is the most incredible aspect of the Christian life. That the God who created everything, who knows everything, would want to hear from us is nothing short of astounding. However, it's been well said that Christ went to the cross more willingly than most of us go to prayer. Perhaps that is because we do not understand prayer as well as we should. Here is Pastor Steve with some biblical insights that I think we can all learn from. One of the most wonderful things about having children is that you can communicate with them. You can talk to them and they can talk to you. The Bible tells us that when we received Jesus Christ as our Savior, God became our Heavenly Father. And as our Father... He wants to have communication with us. He speaks to us through the Bible. And that's what we looked at just recently. We looked at some principles on how to understand the Bible. And not only does God speak to us through the Bible, but we can speak to him through the avenue of prayer. Prayer can be defined in many ways, but basically it is a child expressing his thoughts to his father. It is a child expressing his thoughts to his father. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry, Abba, Father. 
In other words, if you've really received Jesus Christ, then there will be a new sense of intimacy between you and God and a longing in your hearts to cry out to him as you would to a loving, caring father. This desire to cry out to God, to reach out in prayer, is one of the evidences that you have new life, eternal life. The expression Abba, Father, means Daddy or Papa. For that's what he is to you now. God is no longer a distant person, but he's become your heavenly father, your heavenly dad. And he wants to speak to you, and he wants you to speak to him as a little child speaks to his father. God wants you to open up. God wants you to share the deepest thoughts of your heart. God wants you to feel free to be intimate with him. But it may not be easy at first. It may not be easy to open up your heart to the Lord. So God graciously has given us some principles in his word, the Bible, to help us in our prayer life. God knows it's not always easy to open up. For so many years, your heart's been cold and and closed to the Lord. And now all of a sudden, you're part of his family and he says, open up. And God understands that it may not be easy. I can recall when I first accepted Christ that I had a number of questions about prayer. I wanted to open up, but I didn't always know how to open up. And perhaps some of the questions that I had are some of the questions that either you have now or you will have in the near future. So let's go over some of these questions and see what the answers are from the Bible. One question that I had, and perhaps you have or will have, is when should I pray? I wondered when was the appropriate time to pray? Was it in the morning? Was it in the evening? Was it in the afternoon? When was the right time to pray? Now, I believe that it is important to have a few minutes of uninterrupted prayer during the day with God, regardless of whether it's morning, evening, or afternoon. I think it's important to have a few uninterrupted moments alone with God. The time of the day is is irrelevant. But I also think it's important to understand that prayer can't be restricted to a specific time period. It's wrong to think that we can turn God on in our prayers and turn him off in our prayers. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. It is always the right time to pray. Now, what does God mean by that, pray without ceasing? Let me tell you, first of all, what he doesn't mean. God doesn't mean that we're never to be interrupted in our prayer life. That would be ridiculous if we were to pray for 24 hours without interruption. And not only would be re- it would be ridiculous, but it would be utterly unattainable for anyone. Even the Lord Jesus didn't pray 24 hours a day. No one could pray like that. God doesn't expect us to speak to him when we have to concentrate on our work, when we have to concentrate at school or at home, or when we're talking to someone else. God's not telling us to pray all the time. But what he does mean is that we're to pray whenever possible. Those times throughout the day when we don't have to concentrate on other matters. That's when God wants us to pray. In fact, the original word that's translated without ceasing was used in the Greek language to refer to a hacking cough. If you've ever had a hacking cough, then you know that you don't cough nonstop for 24 hours, but you cough frequently throughout the day. The point is this. 
God wants you to speak to him about the things that come into your life as you go about your daily routine. God wants your heart to be open to him. So when there's a problem that comes along, you share that problem with him. You ask him for help. When you see something that, that you're especially thankful for, not only your food, but something God brings into your life, someone that God brings into your life, the beauty of nature around you, we're to say, thank you, Lord. It also means that when there's a sin that enters our life, we're to confess our sin. That means we agree with God that it's wrong and we deal with that and we confess it and turn from it. Don't wait till the end of the day to pray about that. That is as you go through the day. It also means we're to praise him throughout the day. We're just to tell him that we love him. This is to be our response to God. Our heart is always open to the Lord. And in those free moments during the day, we're to lift up prayers to God as we go through our daily routine. Another question, how should I pray? How should I pray? Let me say the best advice I could give you is pray honestly and pray what's on your heart. Don't try to copy someone else's prayers. Don't be intimidated into thinking that you can pray as well as someone else because they use flowery theological words in their prayers. Many people are intimidated by the prayers of others. They think, I could never pray that way. God doesn't expect you to pray that way. Remember, the Lord's not impressed with our words. He's only interested in what our hearts are saying. God doesn't want you to pray like somebody else. He wants you to be yourself and open up your heart to him. I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 14, Jesus said this, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now that is an astounding statement. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's an incredible statement. What does the Lord mean by that? Well, many people come to this verse, and if you haven't heard it already, you will hear it, because they interpret this verse this way. Say a prayer, and at the end of the prayer, tack on these words, in Jesus' name, amen. And many people actually think that, or at least use that expression, sort of like a magic formula, a magic wand to just wave at the end of their prayers, and they think that that will guarantee the answer to that prayer. That's not what Jesus was referring to. It's not wrong to say in Jesus' name, amen, but that's not really what Jesus meant here. He wasn't saying, use those words as you pray. What he was saying was this. In the Bible, a person's name stood for his character. It stood for his character. And when we pray in Christ's name, we are to pray in a way that is consistent with the character of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean saying the name of Jesus. It means praying in a way that is consistent with, the, with his character. In other words, we represent Christ. We're praying in his place. We stand in his place with his authority, and we're to pray in a way that is consistent with what he would ask for. Therefore, when we pray, we need to make sure that our prayers are just the way Jesus would pray. That is, we aren't to pray selfishly. We aren't to pray for our own glory. We aren't to pray out of selfish motivation. We're to pray what he wants. 
We're to pray for his glory. We're to pray for his honor. You say, but how do you know what's consistent with his will? How do you know what he wants you to pray? His will is revealed in the word of God, the Bible. And this is another reason why we need to understand the Bible, because we must pray what is consistent with the will of God as revealed in the Bible. And this will keep your prayers on track so that you'll be asking for the right things for the right reasons. It filters out a lot of selfishness in our prayer life. You see, Jesus always wanted God to be honored by his prayers. You study the prayers of Jesus, and it was always with the intention that God was glorified by the answer. So make sure that your prayers are not out of selfish motives, not out of what just you can get. Now, the Bible doesn't say that you can't pray for yourself. We ought to pray for ourselves in the sense that we're praying for God to work in our lives, to help us be pure, to help us grow in him, to, to help us be used by him as we as we tell others about him we're to pray for ourselves but only in connection with God being glorified by something in our life that's what Jesus means we're to pray in his name and it's a good thing to remember as you come to the close of your prayer not just to say in Jesus name amen but to have these thoughts go through your mind or even to verbalize it to the Lord Lord I'm saying these things I'm praying these things because I believe that these things are consistent with the will of God and with the person of Jesus Christ with his character 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 says this, And this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we've asked from him. When we pray according to his will and what is consistent with his character, then God says not only does he hear us, but he will respond in answering our prayers. And finally, there's another question, which I think is so important. Is there ever a time when God won't answer my prayer? That's not an easy question to answer. And it's answered this way by me, yes and no. Why do I say that? Yes, because there is one thing that hinders our prayers. There is one thing that will restrict God responding to our prayers, and that's sin. That's sin in our life. Psalm 66, 18 says this, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. What does it mean to regard iniquity in your heart? None of us are perfect. None of us. There's not one person who's just, the Bible says. There's not one person who's righteous, whether he knows the Lord or not. There's not one person who has no sin. So we know that the Lord's not making perfection a requirement for our prayers to be answered. That would be an impossible. So what does God mean by saying, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me? What he's saying is this. If we're aware of a sin in our life and we refuse to let God deal with it, we refuse to let go of it, we refuse to even desire to turn from it, then God won't answer that prayer. He won't answer any of our prayers if there's sin that we're holding on to and we refuse to let God deal with it because sin blocks our fellowship with God. That's the only thing that blocks our fellowship with God. 1 John 1.9 gives the solution to this. You can have your prayers answered. You can have God hearing and responding to your prayers. 
John says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When there's something in your life that's wrong, confess it. That doesn't mean that you have to weep over it. That doesn't mean that you have to lament for days over your sin. Confess means to say the same thing as God. If you lie, then you say, Lord, I've lied. I'm sorry. Help me to turn from this. And you go on with your life. That's what it means to confess. So you can confess your sin immediately. And God will respond to your prayer. So, yes, sin will keep God from answering our prayers. But in another sense, the answer is no. Because if sin is confessed, then God will answer every prayer of every Christian. Now, let me say that again. If sin is confessed, then God will answer every prayer of every Christian. But understand this. The answer may come in a variety of ways, in ways that perhaps you have never thought of. For instance, God might answer your prayer at once, without delay. And that's exciting when he does that. But that doesn't happen all the time. He might answer in a delayed way. You see, the Lord intentionally postpones answers to our prayer and prayers because it may not be the right time. The request isn't denied, it's just delayed. Let God work in his own time, in his own way. He knows what's best. He might answer your prayer with a different answer, because he knows what you really need is something other than what you asked for. In other words, God is so loving and so gracious that he hears you pray one thing and knows that your heart is right and you're sincere and you mean what you say, but he knows what's best for you. He knows that his answer will really meet your need. The Apostle Paul once prayed for healing three times. His motivation was right. He was sincere, but God knew that what Paul needed was not healing, but he needed his grace, his strength, and that's what God gave him. And Paul said that his grace is sufficient for me. And God may do that with you. You may ask for something, but that may not be what you need. And God will give you what you need. There's another way God may answer your prayer. He might answer by denying your request. And this is many times difficult for people to understand. But he might answer by denying your request. He'll give you an answer. The answer is no. The answer is no. In the Old Testament, there was a great prophet by the name of Elijah. And Elijah prayed that he might die. He wanted God to take his life. But God graciously denied his request. God answered his prayer, and his answer was, No, Elijah, that is not my will for you. But God gave him an answer. As a parent, I know what it's like for my children to ask me things. They ask me things all the time. And sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes it's wait, and sometimes it's you need something else that's better for you, but oftentimes the answer is a plain no. No. Why do I say that? Why do I say that to my children? Is it because I don't love them? No, it's because I do love them, and I know what's best for them. And what's best for them is not to give in to their request. They don't know what's best. In the same way, our loving, our loving Heavenly Father turns down our request, not because 
he doesn't love us, it's because he does love us and because he cares so much for us, he can't give us everything we want. We don't know what's best for us. So he sometimes has to turn us down. But God always answers our prayers in his own way. There's so much the Bible has to say about prayer, so very much. And I would encourage you to study more about prayer. Get some good books from your Christian library, either your church library or the Christian bookstore, and read up on prayer. But as you read on prayer, and as you study about prayer, don't forget to pray. The greatest way to understand prayer is to study your Bible and pray. Many people talk about prayer. Many people think it's wonderful to pray. They just don't pray very often. But remember, God wants to hear you. God wants to hear you pray. God wants to hear you open up your heart to him. The story is told of Dwight L. Moody, who was a famous evangelist in the 1800s, and he was studying in his office one day, and his five-year-old son came into the office and just stood there. And D.L. Moody looked at him and in sort of a gruff voice said, what do you want? His son responded, Daddy, I don't want anything. I just want to be in your presence. May I encourage you to realize that God wants you to be in his presence. God wants you to just be in his presence, to fellowship with him, to open your heart up to him, to, tell, to let him hear you as you tell him how much you love him. God wants you to pray. You're not bothering him. He keeps no office hours. The Bible says, he that keeps Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. God is always available, day or night, and his arms are wide open to embrace you, and his heart is wide open to hear your prayers and to answer you. It is his delight to answer our prayers. These are the basic principles about praying. Digest them, dwell on them, think about them, and pray. Because you have just entered into the most exciting adventure of your life, and that's opening up your heart to your Heavenly Father in prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you that you want us to pray. We thank you that this is not just a religious routine, it's not a legalistic obligation that we go through, but you want us to be honest with you, and you care for us, and you want to answer our prayers. And Lord, for that, we're grateful. Lord, we pray that you'll teach us to pray. The Lord's disciples needed that, and we need that. Teach us to pray, and help us to pray in such a way that you're honored, that you're delighted in us, and in such a way that you're glorified and that you are exalted. Lord, thank you for what we've gone over now, and we pray that you'll help us to apply it to our lives. For this we pray, not only saying the words in Jesus' name, but this we pray because we believe all that we've prayed is consistent with the very character of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
This wraps up another lesson in Pastor Steve Kreloff's series on the essentials of Christian growth. So far, we have examined two important ingredients in spiritual growth, Bible study and prayer. There are two more ingredients yet to come in this series. You have been listening to Verse by Verse, a radio adaptation of Pastor Steve's messages at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you would like to listen to today's broadcast again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. Also, on the website, you can find out how to help keep these Bible classes on the air. That's versebyverseradio.org. You can also order a CD or cassette of this message without announcements by calling us at 727-239-0306. One 17th century Sunday morning, Louis XIV of France arrived at church and found that no one else was there except the preacher. What does this mean? asked the king. Well, the pastor replied, I had published that you would not come to church today. That way your majesty might see who serves God in truth and who simply flatters the king. These days most Americans do not go to church, and I'm afraid most of those who do attend do so for all the wrong reasons. Pastor Steve Kreloff will explain on the next Verse by Verse. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse by Church is where you find the teaching and fellowship. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.